Welcome to the Hannah Says Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah, and I'm here to help you unlearn the garbage narratives in this world that are holding you back from being your most authentic and beautiful self. No topic is off limits, so get comfortable and join me in laughing, crying, and embracing your weird, unapologetic self. What's up, you work of art? Welcome back to another episode of the Hannah Says Podcast. If you're new here, I'm so excited to have you here and for you to enter on this journey of accepting yourself and being confident in who you are and trusting yourself no matter what life throws at you. That's really exciting. If you're a returning uh, listener, Thank you so much for being here and supporting me and enjoying this content. I know that you're on the right track on your confidence journey just by being here. And I'm really, I'm really grateful that you're here in this community. It means so much to me. So thank you. I'm really excited to get into today's episode. And so I actually was planning on recording a different episode today, all about connecting with your body and I'm still going to record that episode, but today this was just really speaking to me and has been something that's on my mind. And I just want to, you know, really sit down here and process some things and share some of my thoughts on this topic of queerness and being queer enough. You know, before I get into this episode, into the meat of this episode, I am a new, you know, I'm kind of a baby queer person. I haven't been out in the world as queer for like very long. It's been, I think, a year or two, and I'm learning still so much along the way. So, you know, take what you like from this episode. If you disagree with me, if you have a different perspective, that's okay. Queer people are not a monolith. We're not the same. We can have different opinions and different thoughts about how things work. And that's okay. So I encourage you to, you know, take what feels right and leave what doesn't and understand, you know, I don't think this is a black and white type of thing. And I don't want people to think of queerness, you know, to act like it's something that is black and white, because I think the thing that's so expansive and beautiful about it is that it's not. It leaves space for an in-between. It leaves space for like every color of the rainbow, not just, you know, fitting in with classic binaries that we've all grown up seeing. So let's kind of stray away from that thinking and understand that there's a lot of complexity and nuance that exists within queerness and queer identities. So I actually received this piece of feedback, which was super interesting to me. And for those who don't know, I've been doing a few interviews with some members of my community so that you know I can figure out, flesh out my next big project, which will hopefully be a community for all of you know the people in this community out there where we can connect and learn from each other and grow. So more on that soon. But I was interviewing someone and they told me that it really helped them when I publicly processed some of the meaner comments that I received. And if you do follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I do receive hateful comments. And lately, it seems like it's been more and more regular, honestly, but I definitely get hate. And I expect it at this point because, you know, I'm putting out opinions on vulnerable and somewhat polarizing topics, you know, topics about body image, topics about confidence, queerness, and just 
generally existing in the world confidently looking like myself. I think people are not used to that a lot of the time. So I definitely get no shortage of hate. And my uh, perspective towards these comments has evolved over time. And now, you know, I love to throw up a comment that I've received that's nasty on my story and kind of dissect it. And I used to do that a lot and I want to do it more, but that's the kind of the idea for today. And, you know, to dissect the lessons and use what I can take out of it, you know, as a bigger teaching moment. I recently received this one star podcast review from someone and they titled it stop looking for attention. And they wrote really wants to be seen as queer when she's not and rated my podcast one star on Apple. When I first saw this, honestly, it really hurt me and it sucked. Um, And I did, I think, take it personally. But, you know, I've had some time to think about it and I'm going to share my thoughts. And before we get into it again, this one star podcast review took my podcast rating on Apple from five stars to 4.7. Rude. So if you're listening to my podcast on Apple right now, go ahead and rate me five stars and write a little, you know, nice message. Please don't let this person, you know, be the impression that people get of the Hannah Says podcast. So anyway, they wrote really wants to be seen as queer when she's not. And It really got me thinking about queerness and how we still really struggle with, I think, trying to fit people into binaries, which is the opposite of what queerness really is all about. And, you know, it made me sad because my first question when reading this is how can this person, how can they know? How can they know that I'm queer? We've never had a conversation in real life. We've never talked about any of that stuff. So for someone to, you know, have the audacity to assume that they know just by how I present myself in the world, by one thing I said, or, you know, by how they perceive me, I think is really kind of entitled in a way and shows how much this person does not view queerness as something that is expansive and can encompass everyone. And I think this is something that, you know, a lot of people who follow me struggle with and are attracted to me just because I exist generally as I came out as bi. That was my first thing. And I, it was kind of the classic thing where you come out as bi and then you immediately meet your soulmate who is a man. (laughs) So I'm in a, you know, straight facing relationship and Both my partner and I are queer. My partner is bi and so am I. And I'm also non-binary. So we kind of are like, we're both queer, but we come, you know, across as though we're not. And also, you know, I am more of a feminine presenting person at this moment. And that's just, I'm not planning on getting any sort of gender affirming surgery to validate that non-binariness. That's not something that I want. And I think what this person is saying is that I really want to be seen when I'm queer as I'm not, you know, I think the reminder here and that I told myself and what's helped me get through this. And I think what a lot of people need to remember too, is that we are queer enough, even if we don't quote unquote, look queer, we're queer enough even if we don't have that gender affirming surgery, we're queer enough 
if we're dating someone and they are, you know, and it comes across as like a man woman relationship, because, you know, it's not our appearance and it's not, you know, our relationship that defines our queerness as people. It's really who we are on the inside and who we, we feel like every day. And I see so many people who kind of are existing in the in-between or maybe new and figuring it out, you know, struggling with not feeling like they resonate with a label or struggling to feel like, how can they even get in here? It's, it's too intimidating because, you know, there is a lot of negative messaging out there towards like new queer people and, you know, bi people, bi phobia, honestly, non-binary phobia, like people so badly want to fit you into a gender sometimes. It's annoying. Just let me be who I am. As a person with curly hair, I've tried a million hair products and finding quality products that work for my hair type that are also made sustainably has been a serious challenge. I've tried every drugstore product and every high-end product and have never been able to find the perfect curly hair routine for me. But in the last few months, my hair wash routine has received a major upgrade thanks to the hair care company called Pros. Pros makes all customers take a super detailed consultation so they can send over highly customized products for your hair goals. They even ask you what scent you prefer, which I love because personally I've had to sacrifice the scent to get products that work for my hair type, but no more. My hair wash routine takes into account everything about my curl type and the climate I live in, containing fermented rice water as an ingredient to combat the Pacific Northwest humidity. And guys, Pros is a certified B Corporation, so you know these products are made with the planet in mind. My new sustainable, great smelling and curl enhancing custom products leave my curls feeling healthier and bouncier than ever. And my hairstylist even told me that these products have made my curls look the best they ever have. You can click the link in the show notes to take the consultation online to get your sustainable custom curly hair products as well. And yeah, that gets back to, you know, what I was trying to really dig out earlier that like people try to fit you in a box and they're always going to try to do that. And they're always going to try to tell you that I think there's one way to be queer and it has to be this way. But like no one holds the answers or the secrets to being gay as fuck or to being queer. Like I honestly think you know, like obviously we all have our opinions, but no one holds the ultimate answer. There's no ultimate like truth about it. Yeah, there are certain things that like, you know, are seen as better practices or whatever, but like there's no one else who can kind of define what queerness should look like. It's up to us all as individuals to kind of figure that out for ourselves and step into who we are authentically. You know, it's not these outer labels that they don't have to define us in any way. And, you know, that's part of the beauty of being like of what queer means is that it is kind of, I see it as like a catch-all term for all the different forms of like sexuality and gender that there are, because I think there's so many out there that just like cannot be neatly defined because like ultimately a lot of queerness and, and sexuality, I believe can be, you know, fluid. And sometimes one day you can kind of err toward one side and 
And one day you might wake up and kind of feel like more and more masculine, more feminine, whatever, you know, this is my non-binary kind of talking. Like I really try to gravitate away from those labels, those confining labels. And that should not be discouraged. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, you're new on your queer journey, or maybe you are, you know, you feel like you don't look queer enough, or maybe, you know, you are in kind of a straight facing relationship and you feel like that is undermining your queerness. Ultimately, the reminder here is that no matter what people, you know, say about you, no matter what people are saying out there, no matter how many people are claiming to know the definition of queerness, claiming to have all the answers, claiming to say, this is how it's done the right way. Those people ultimately are trying to protect themselves from something and, you know, trying to protect themselves from potentially being outside of that, the comfort of that label, or, you know, it really comes back to their own insecurities about their own identity. And that's kind of how I see this comment and how I see a lot of queer phobia for the spaces in between. I think maybe some queer people can feel like those things are illegitimate. And, you know, I think that ultimately comes from a deep insecurity of inside of not feeling like you're queer enough, you know, just for existing as you are feeling like it does have to be a look or it does have to be a relationship status or it does have to be X, Y, Z, But it's never going to be any of these outer factors that define us, you know, no matter what. It's that's not it. You know, our queerness is innate to us and who we are. It's not up to outside factors like outfits or relationship status or anything or whatever to define who we are. We are enough. We are enough. We can exist. We cannot have the answers. We cannot, you know, have the justifications. We can just know that we are. And that's enough. That leads me to the other point that I want to make in this episode, which is that, you know, one of the other things that rubs me the wrong way about this person saying really wants to be seen as queer when she's not is I think some uh, so often too, something that we do is we demand people kind of explain their sexuality, explain their gender, you know, justify it. And really like we demand to know. And I've seen like, you know, a lot of people in the comments of like content creators, you know, demanding information about sexuality saying, are you this sexuality? Are you this gender? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I understand where those comments come from. I think like when you're showing up and you're showing up like in your queerness, you're going to get those kinds of comments. But I think so often We demand people, you know, justify, we demand, they give us an explanation and we demand that we understand their queerness. I don't owe an explanation to this person. And, you know, you don't owe an explanation to the people out there who are demanding to fit you in a box. You know, that's, that's so personal. And that's why those kinds of things are protected. When you go into a workplace, you know, you can't discriminate against people for their sexuality, gender, you're, you should not be asking them about that, because that's personal information. You know, I think we all need to be kind of aware that like, we can, you know, be curious, and we can ask, and it can be good and lighthearted. But ultimately, like, if that person decides to not tell us, and if that person decides to, you know, hold something close to them and not come out or be open about it yet, 
we can't force anyone to come out and we can't force them to explain who they are. And we don't have to understand. We just have to, you know, see that someone identifies as queer and kind of respect that that's the case and assume the best, just like we would want to kind of be assume the best. And I think it can be so dangerous too to kind of like really beg and ask someone and get them to force them to justify this part of their identity because we don't know where they're at, you know, in terms of whatever transition they're going through. We don't know what deeply is underneath that, what they're going through, you know, what they've been going through in their day-to-day lives. And it's not fair that we demand that information from them. So just know that like you don't owe your <laughs> your explanation of your queerness to anyone. And you know, all the information I've put out here, you know, I'm putting out because I want to put out. I don't owe anyone an explanation of, you know, who I am or what my relationship is or what my gender identity is. And I don't owe it to this person who really thinks that they have to understand for it to be valid, valid where I'm at in my own journey of gender identity. And fuck them, you know, we're queer enough we don't owe you shit. We don't owe you an explanation. We can be who we are and that is enough. There is not one outer thing that can define that. And, you know, people will try to, this is where we're at in life. You know, humans find safety in labels. They find comfort in it. They feel like they have authority over things. They feel like, you know, they've got their own securities and we need to know as queer people that like, we're going to come up with that a lot. And, you know, I honestly didn't know stepping into this more gender neutral identity, like how much it would start coming up. But, you know, it seems to come up again and again. And I think, you know, we need to work on like changing policy and making the world a more accepting place for everyone to exist. But in the meantime, we also need to, you know, hold space for, you know, all the queer people that are existing and are new and just allow people to be who they are at the end of it all. So with that, I'm going to try to do a wrap up. I'm always bad, but <laughs> I like figuring out how to kind of neatly book in the episode. But to wrap it up, I want to say, you know, if you are existing in kind of those in-between spaces where like you feel you don't have that home yet, or maybe you're newer, you're kind of like figuring a lot of stuff out. You have a lot of unanswered questions and boxes open and things to just explore. You are safe to exist here. You can exist as you are and your queerness is valid. Even if you don't, you know, know everything fit neatly into a label at this moment, have a gender affirming surgery or, you know, any sort of that thing, you are valid, you are okay, and you are safe and allowed to exist in the world. And you will always be welcome here in this community because in this community, we do not pretend like we have all the answers or like everything is very neat and fits into certain binaries. We want to move away from that and allow like just all of the expansiveness of the world and the universe to open us because like binaries are so boring too. You know, imagine thinking that this is just the way things are and there's nothing in the in-between that can exist. There's no differences. There's no subjectivity. There's no, you know, opportunity to learn from different kinds of people who have different identities. Like we're all out there and we can all learn from each other and like exist together as 
differently. We don't have to try to wean out all the people who don't fit neatly into the categories we have. We can all exist and find our place as whoever uniquely we are, whoever authentically we are. And we are queer enough. We are fucking queer enough. God damn it. If you are in your car right now, if you are making cookies, if you are, I don't know what you're doing. I want you to sit down and like literally say it with me right now. I am queer enough. Okay. You are, I am, we are. So, you know, thank you for being here. And Thanks for following along on my queer journey. You know, I'm I'm slowly kind of learning how to articulate more of the things that I've been feeling. And I'm excited to kind of go through this process of finding more comfort in that queerness with everyone together. And we can all learn to be our authentic selves and embrace that. So with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you loved it. If you do please send me a message on Instagram, you know, tell me what your thoughts are. I love that shit so much. I love when you guys tell me what you think about these episodes. It really is my love language because you know, my heart goes into this. So with that, I hope you have a great rest of your week and you are queer enough. You work of art. Love you. Bye. I wanted to take a second to thank you so much for being here and supporting the Hannah Says podcast. This podcast is truly a labor of love and it means the world to me that you're here and that you're supporting and that you're listening and that you're learning. I would love to invite you to take one minute to leave the Hannah Says podcast a five-star review on whatever your listening platform is. It would mean so much to me and it helps the podcast get pushed out to help more and more people. It is super simple if you're listening on Spotify and you just go onto the episode page. You literally can just, it takes less than five seconds to click and leave a five-star review at the top. If you're listening on Apple and you go to the episode page and you scroll all the way down, you can click write a review at the bottom or you can just leave five stars. It would mean so much to me if you could let me know if you're a regular listener, what you love about the podcast. I read every single thing that's written and I hold it very close to my heart. So if you love the Hannah Says podcast and you have one minute of free time, please take a second to leave us a five-star review. Love you.